1: I'm
3: all right, Tom. How are you? Hey Lucky Mr. Sumner. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody and
4: you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's
5: his name? Oh, Sumner.
4: The Tom Sumner Program.
5: Good morning, Tom. How are you
4: doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right.
0: Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program.
1: Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. I know this is a really hard
0: time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there. And please, stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You too can be part of Armchair Politics Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now.
4: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our uh, panel of political pundits includes roundtable regulars on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome. Good morning. And uh, on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican, Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome to you as well. Good morning. And and joining us this week for our uh, roundtable, always uh, always a pleasure and and a good chance to wish uh, happy new year to uh, East Village magazine consulting editor Jan Worth Nelson. Hi, Jan. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Jan.
1: Good morning, y'all.
4: And I was just thinking, you know, here we are. It's. Uh, what the uh, the thirteenth of of January? We're almost two weeks into the new year, and for all the people like me that uh, sat there on uh, December thirty first of twenty twenty, thinking, "Boy, it'll be so good to get into a new year." <laughs> <laughs> right, and and I woke up on the first, and and boy, just not much had changed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was hoping for a clean slate. Well. We always start out with with a few quotes, and and there have been some real gems this week. Uh, who knew when we wrapped up armchair politics last week, the kinds of things that were going to be unfolding in this uh, past week? But we'll get into yeah within, within
2: within within hours of, the, of winding up last week, things started coming apart at the Capitol. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, you
4: know I was thinking about that because <clears throat> you know we picked Wednesdays to do armchair politics way way back more more than a decade ago. Because elections are held on Tuesdays, big things that go on go on on Tuesdays. Now, all of a sudden, it seems like we just barely wrap up on Wednesday, and all of a sudden there are just these big things that, that happen. Um, we might have to start doing the show on Thursdays. Um,
1: <laughs> I think it has something to do with you guys. I think, I think there's something going on there. The universe is responding to the Sumner Show. Henry Hatter... <laughs> And Paul
2: <laughs> you mean it's all our
4: fault? I did. I, yeah. I, I, you now, know what, Jan? I, you know, it's funny you mention that because I was watching CNN just recently, and they have started in all of their commercial breaks dropping in um, some of their on-air personnel saying, this is so-and-so, and <laughs> you're watching CNN. And and I thought, did they just rip that off from <laughs> My show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's right.
1: Um uh, Latin phrases. Post hoc, ergo, propter, hoc. You yeah, know? yeah. What uh
4: what uh, how, how what what is the translation of that? What what uh, uh be,
1: after that, because of that. It right. means it happens right after yeah. something, the the thing that happened first must be the cause of it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well
4: <laughs> if if I'm a uh Wing flapping butterfly, so be it. Um,
2: <laughs> I always
1: think of you.
4: The, the, um, we always start with a few quotes, and the first one is always uh, finish the quote, where I ask you, how would you finish this quote? And the quote is, I am sworn to uphold the Constitution as what? How would you finish that quote?
2: Uh, the law Mike of the land. Mike Pence? Vice
4: President? What um, what what did you say, Henry? I'm sorry. The law of the land. The Um, law of the land. Well, it it it's kind of an interesting interesting quote, especially uh, given who said it. I am sworn to uphold the Constitution as Andy Johnson understands it and interprets it.
6: Oh. Uh, That was President
4: Andrew. uh, did oh, I yeah. say Jackson? No. I meant Johnson. Uh, that
6: had to be the president.
4: Andy jo- it's, it's, uh, I am sworn to uphold the Constitution as Andy Johnson understands it and interprets it. That was President oh. Andrew Johnson, who oh. who was impeached in 1868, but acquitted by the Senate by one vote.
2: Hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. Wait, hey, he said played Andy? A card, though. Andy?
4: He said Andy yeah. in the original quote. As but, Andy yeah. Johnson understands yeah. it and interprets it, I thought it was fun for that too, Jen. Yeah, uh,
6: that's
1: oh.
4: Well, the too quote. The, go old ahead.
1: These days, anyway, go ahead.
4: Um, the, the one of the quotes of the week, and there have been so many, um, but but I'm especially. Uh, partial to this one caught my attention I would prefer that we have a more fulsome investigation into what happened. Most of what I know about January 6th came either from personal experience or from Twitter but at the end of the day I think it is obvious that the president is no longer qualified to hold that office
1: Uh, (sighs) um, could it be the guy from Michigan, what's his name, Upt- Fred Upton?
4: No, no, you're you're very, very close. It was uh, Michigan GOP Congressman oh. Peter Meyer.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. He just got yeah.
1: elected, right?
4: Yeah. Yes. He, yeah, he yeah. said that uh, Monday evening he is strongly considering voting to impeach President Donald Trump following last week's riot at the U.S. Capitol. Yeah. Um, uh, Assessing that the president is no longer qualified to hold that office. Does Congressman Myers' freshman status give him a little more freedom to speak his mind and act accordingly?
2: I would yeah. say yes. Well, yeah, he so hasn't, hasn't yes. been locked into the Trump thing for the past yeah. several years, so he's got, he does have that freedom. Yeah, And yeah. I noticed, I think, aren't there three Michigan Republicans who are leaning toward impeachment? I think I've heard that somewhere. Yes.
4: Well, I've heard estimates yeah. of, of some 20 in all, and of course the debates for yeah. that are uh, going on right now as we speak in the uh, in the Capitol yeah. building, yeah. as long as they don't get any interruptions. Um,
1: yeah, do you see the <laughs> right, of the right. National Guard in the Capitol building? they've got a, and they've got a uh, metal detector now they all have to go through uh, the place is crawling with security today let's hope that it
4: well the picture works. I, I saw was uh, apparently they spent the night there
1: right they were and, lying on the floor yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
4: yeah. when and, I, you know it it terrified me when i first saw that picture jan because i thought oh no oh, wh- I- what has happened now i <laughs> i thought there were all these bodies oh. of of uh, guardsmen, you know, in the halls of the Capitol, and um, I, I thought I had missed a major event, but they were A military
2: coup. <laughs> yeah, apparently
4: they were just uh, napping.
6: <laughs> and you know, I, I don't, I don't see why well, that was not the case on the sixth. I, I, uh, I agree with I, you. I just Henry. don't understand. Yeah, I, you know, I that's true. But Henry, I, yeah. I think I, I think part of it had to do with defund the police, and the police just refused to do anything.
2: Were well, not
6: refused.
4: Ref, I think "refused" is a is a little unfair, Henry, because, um, and and there are a lot of people who would use that. But word. they knew
6: the danger. This um, was one of our most protected but I pieces think they of were, ground in th- the country.
4: I think they were reluctant to show a big police presence because of those things. Um, but anyway, that leads into the next uh, the next but, quote, Um but, and, and we'll continue. But what you there. just
6: said bears some kind of explanation. Well, well,
4: and we're going to be talking about it some more, because that certainly is, is one of the questions left after what happened last Wednesday, right after Armchair Politics, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, the The other quote that caught my uh, attention was, anyone who was paying attention saw this play out in Michigan eight or nine months ago.
2: Uh, Attorney General? Uh,
4: yeah.
2: Uh, well, it was Nestle.
1: No, close.
4: Uh, close. It was. What
6: about uh, the talk show host?
4: No. The Republican no. talk show. No, it was uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer.
2: Oh, no, it she said it. Thursday oh, yeah. that
4: anyone could have foreseen Wednesday's riot at the U.S. Capitol in April, when an angry mob of men, some armed with rifles, tried to force their way into the Michigan House of Representatives. Um. Is is this? Uh, I don't know, it's it's time for Jan's Latin quote again. <laughs> did did one thing uh, actually um, precede the other?
2: I've seen this speculation that there was a dress rehearsal for for Washington. Yeah, I've seen a lot of commentaries of that effect. And, it, and in, in hindsight, you get that feeling.
1: Yeah.
6: Well, yeah. I'm not so sure. If this was incited by the President, uh, it's Certainly would not have been spontaneously spawned from random actions.
3: Yeah,
4: right. I, I, there's, you know, the picture of the guy carrying uh, Nancy Pelosi's podium through the hall of the Capitol <laughs> yeah. building. That guy, <laughs> he looks to me like somebody who got caught up in the moment. You know, he went oh, to yeah. be part of, you know, oh, the protest on. and all that, and, and, and he just. All of a sudden, he yeah. got swept up with enthusiasm and said, "This is this is cool," um, you know, That's to grab this the he thing. smile he had on
1: his was totally repulsive. That that smir- yeah. this army grin that guy had.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, Houston it's been bonded about- out. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> you know, because of uh, his wife is a doctor. I'm sure you heard this story.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So this isn't a poor. Be- this isn't a poor beleaguered. Um, uh,
4: well it 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 actually sort of um leads to a point that i think henry was trying to get to or or bring up with um how law enforcement responded or didn't respond and wasn't prepared for what happened yeah. last wednesday it it also raises the question of the number of people from military and from law enforcement who were Literally, participants. Yeah.
2: You know,
1: yeah. That some, that's you know, really that's really horrifying. True. Yeah. That's the yeah. Story what, what, struck,
2: what struck me is how much planning went into this. And you know, when I first saw it right after the show last week, it just looked like a kind of a mob out of control. But as more facts came out, clearly this thing was <clears throat> was well engineered, and there's a lot of planning went into it. They brought you know Molotov cocktails along and. <clears throat> bombs and so forth. It clearly was not an accidental sort of a a riot.
1: Yeah, the uh, the the guy that they interviewed yesterday, who is considered to be one of the leaders of it, his first name is Ali, I think, um, said that he had had from three congressmen, Mo Brooks, Cruz, and Holly. He hmm. had help in advance. Did you hear
4: did you Yeah, hear that? and, and well, Washington is is a difficult place to find your way around in, whether you're inside the Capitol building or, or you're on DuPont Circle. But um, these people didn't seem to have any trouble finding their way around. We're going to be talking about this a lot more a little later in the show, uh, but first we have to take a short break here, and we're going to come back and talk about a couple of local things, and uh, and then we'll move on to state and national as we... Always do each week. So stay tuned. More armchair politics is straight ahead.
5: Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program.
1: I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app you can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters.
0: Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives, but we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer, or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives.
1: Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show.
4: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue Armchair Politics with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Jan Worth Nelson. We uh, started out during the last segment uh, talking a little bit about the fallout from Last Wednesday, after uh, chair politics, uh, uh, a, a angry mob uh, breached the Capitol was the phrase I was hearing most frequently that day, um, and we could easily spend the whole next uh, hour and a half talking about that by itself. Um, certainly all the, all the cable networks are doing that, but... Um, <laughs> We'll uh, we'll look at some things locally, and we'll get back to that in uh, just a little bit. Opponents of a proposed settlement of Flint, Flint's uh, water crisis lawsuits are continuing to speak out against it, hoping to have an impact on U.S. District Judge Judith Levy, who is expected to either reject it or give it preliminary approval in a matter of days. About two dozen residents spoke out. Monday on the proposed $641 million settlement between residents who have filed the lawsuits in the state of Michigan, City of Flint, McLaren Regional Medical Center, and Roe Professional Services. Levy is uh, scheduled to preside over a hearing in federal court today and has said she will decide whether to give the settlement preliminary approval this month. If she does, the approval will trigger a period of registering claims for a portion of the $641 million and allow for objections to it before she makes a final determination on whether the deal is fair, adequate, reasonable and an arm's length transaction. Um, uh, Get it settled or hold out for more?
6: Get it settled and then reclaim the money from the state through the former governor, who has much more money accessible. <clears throat> but protect the interest at all costs of the city of Flint. Take the money and then through this lawsuit.
2: Yeah, there can be other lawsuits too. Yeah. And, and there is a risk yeah. of, of, the of bankruptcy for the city if, if we have to go out on our own and settle these things without the insurance that leaves yeah. the city highly vulnerable I think
4: but isn't a condition of settling a lawsuit uh, a provision that you won't come back for more
2: I think that's no, the, the, cons- the-
1: voiced in yeah. some of this correspondence from the water warriors isn't it that that specific concern yeah. no
6: but they're holding governor Snyder uh, as <clears throat> responsible and there is uh, there are other ways to seek <clears throat> money from uh, a bigger pot of money that could be poured in Flint does not
1: have the money
6: to work with.
1: How would that work? How would, how would they get money? Are you saying, are they saying just, I'm a little confused about this. Are they saying that Snyder personally would reimburse the city?
6: I don't think that's what it means, but I think that if he's held accountable, he has resources around them the state becomes the uh big pool of
2: money and i the think EPA. the state is the main the main pool of money for the six hundred million. yeah well it uh, is
4: it's 600 out of 641 million yeah but
6: right. but you it's better to go back to a bigger pot of money than to just continue the city's only putting up 20 20 million i
1: believe right the city's only putting up 20 million for the
2: it's, um, yes. and, then, and
4: the that's insurance, insurance money, as
2: far yeah, as I know. Yeah, I it is. That's from the insurance company. Yeah. So I, but the state I said, would my, my the main worry was money. the fact that the city goes out on, on its own, we, we could end up with with bankruptcy because I,
6: uh, I could, that's what I, I, I
2: fear.
6: Could, yeah. Yeah, but but you see, if he, if the governor is sued, then he has to. He was acting on behalf of the people of the state of Michigan, and therefore the state of Michigan is responsible and the EPA and other partners in the process. We need to, to uh, find a new source of money, but uh, this $640 million is already exhausted. You might as well take that and run mm-hmm. and look for money from other sources.
4: Well, he's going to have uh, some criminal woes, if uh, the Associated Press is correct. Former Michigan Governor Rick Snyder, his health director, and other ex-officials have been told they're being charged after a new investigation of the Flint water scandal, which devastated the majority black city with lead-contaminated water and was blamed for a deadly outbreak of Legionnaire's disease in 2014 and 15. The Associated Press has learned... uh, Two people with knowledge of the planned prosecution told the AP on Tuesday that the Attorney General's office has informed defense lawyers about indictments in Flint and told them to expect initial court appearances soon. Uh, They spoke to the AP on condition of uh, anonymity. Uh, Because they were not authorized to speak publicly, the AP could not determine the nature of the charges against Snyder, former health department director Nick Lyon, and others who were in his administration, including Rich Baird, a friend Mm -hmm. who was the governor's key troubleshooter while in office. Uh, Courtney Covington Watkins, a spokeswoman for the Attorney General's office, said only the investigators uh, said only that investigators were working diligently and will share more as soon as we're in a position to do so. Are you surprised that charges in the Flint water crisis may again be filed and include former Governor uh, Rick Snyder? Yeah, after all
2: the delay, I thought it was- Fallen below the radar. I, I, I'd I almost forgotten yeah. after all the delay. I, yeah. It, it yeah. looked like going to be sort of just lost in the whole pandemic. Uh,
4: how has how this yeah. not been leaked until now?
1: Well, that's kind of characteristic of Nestle's whole operation, that <clears> she keeps <throat> all the cards close to the chest. Um, yeah, that's true. That's been characteristic of some of the other cases that they brought. Um, i got to say, though, yeah, I was shocked because... Um, and Paul, I, I know you were at that at those two meetings that were held in the summer. Two was that two years ago?
2: That's uh, right. When they opened the office downtown, and
1: they and they dropped. all the, I, the, I, the, they,
2: uh, the other one, I, Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I, I was at that one as well. That's right.
1: They, and they basically had dropped all of the charges.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And
1: what was there? Fifteen, fifteen of them, and then eight more or something, and. And, then, and they said, we're going to start over because it was a, the whole thing was a flawed investigation. And, then, and, and I think all of us in that room, both of those nights, were f- doubtful. I mean, yeah, the water yeah, warriors.
2: They, and then, then we didn't hear anything for the longest time. It just looked like it was going to fade into the background. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was surprised when I heard this. But, uh,
6: but from my sources, I had heard all the time that, that, the, pre- that the governor was going to be sued. And he can't get out of it, even though he was indemnified as huh. working for the. These prison. are criminal charges that
2: we're talking about, though.
1: Yeah, yeah
6: I
2: mean, oh, okay. what the charges
1: are—it's a little hard yeah. to. That's it. Um, yeah, if it's criminal charges, the indemnification wouldn't protect him, right?
6: Right. No, I
4: don't think so. And, but, and I'm but not he, sure how that that works um, after he's out of office.
2: Hmm. Uh, it's a good point there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so,
1: <clears throat> it gets me about all this, and I'd like to know what you three think. It's just like $640 million in a way, is not very much money. And I'd like to know how much of that's going to go to attorneys before it gets to the people. <laughs> of, I mean, there's been some estimates that at least a third of it would be sucked up by attorneys. There's
2: like yeah, oh. a third is common, yes. Yeah, a third is kind of the common <laughs> thumbnail for for most attorney fees, yeah. And and
1: it, and it basically to me the the sort of tragic aspect of it is how does Flint get justice for what happened? How you know, how does trust get restored? All of those sort of essential elements of all this, and and six hundred and forty million of which a third of it's probably going to go to the lawyers, and then what? How does you know I, the water warriors are complaining that. Even the process of making a claim is going to have a lot of hurdles. So, uh, and then, and then this whole need that we all have to see justice doled, uh, meted out, and find out who are the bad guys and how are we going to get even with them? How are we going to get justice from them? It's it's so complicated, and um, I, I just I just would like to know how you all feel about the you know is the six hundred forty million justice is it. In what you know, way does this bring justice to all of us? But,
6: you know, I, I'd i like to say this, and then I'll conclude my feelings on the issue. But I'm glad that the people of the city of Flint, its leadership, and the people themselves will accept more responsibility for guiding their city and supporting their city.
1: Yes, uh-huh. Because in I your- and, and,
6: and, and this case, they weren't doing that. They were letting politicians run the city with no oversight. And they yeah, you're talking about they, they it in
1: 2014 was... and 15?
6: Yes, yes.
1: Uh-huh.
6: And that to me has been a, um, a catch in my throat, and I can't yeah. get rid of it until the people of the city of Flint learn how to govern the city without outside influences.
1: So you're saying that, that this all goes back to the need, uh, perceived need, uh, at the state level for emergency managers, and that if the c- people at City of Flint were better at running their own city, none of this would have happened, or at least it would have been different. Is that what you're that's saying?
6: What I, that's what. exactly what I'm trying to say. Otherwise, no. this may happen again. If the city, if the if the city has to be shepherded, and the people, and this City of Flint has to be shepherded by Lansing and the EPA and the federal government and stuff it is not capable of taking care of its own responsibility.
2: Uh, that's what
6: has not been point. demonstrated.
2: Yeah. And the, the other question was on a state level, to what degree were we being forced into be, to, re, to, to remain part of the Detroit system because of the problems yeah. the Detroit water system was facing? It wasn't really Flint's choice, but it was a statewide decision that Flint had to stay part of that because of all the problems Detroit was facing.
1: Yeah
4: yeah and well Genesee county was one of their one of their bigger clients uh, you know it would have
2: right oh yeah right yeah
4: well newly elected uh, go ahead thing
1: Jim. is it's interrelated isn't it henry it's um yes it, it's hard it's hard to sort it all out, and I guess at the end of the day the- how is how does justice how does justice get served that's what this settlement sort of amplifies is the elusive and painful nature of achieving justice, which we're supposed to all be about, um, I don't know. It, by the time the, the, the comes through, it almost feels like this shrunken
2: thing. It, yeah. Uh, you know, once I think, I had, I think, at, at, at what level do you, do you achieve justice? I mean, would. If you double that amount, would, would that be justice? If you triple it, is that justice? I well, mean, it's it's hard there's, to there's put. There's damage. It. There's damage that's been done that, that almost no money can 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 cure. I was going to say, Paul.
4: It's very hard to put a dollar amount. Yeah, on, that's what I'm saying on damage that's done. Right.
2: Um,
1: that's...
4: It's point. um, I, I and and to Jan's comments, I I think real justice. Grows out of the lessons learned.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As yes, we
4: uh, move forward, exactly. with you know higher standards and more transparency, more willingness on the part of elected officials to do what's right, not what's politically expedient. Um, hopefully, some of those things will grow out of it, and 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 then justice begins to arrive.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, in a I mean, sense, you you restore trust. You begin that process. and It's going to be a long process. You do. I think
1: I agree with that, uh, Tom. I feel like uh, no amount of money is going to do it, but serving the people consistently and strongly uh, with one action after another is about the only option you have. It's like doing things differently. Um, I, I just wanted to comment that I think it was Frank Bruno who who's writing uh, whose columns I admire. Um, was talking about Biden and how is Biden going to help bring the country out of all this mess, you know? (laughs) And instead of trying to go through this prolonged process of getting even with the Trump administration or something, what he said Biden should do is to just batter the country with one good action after another. Like, Mm -hmm. just one thing and then another thing and then another thing and another thing. Um, And not even, you know, not go after some kind of elusive legal uh, reparations but just to do one good thing after another as fast as he can and i i really like that approach it's the, the same yeah. thing that i think you're suggesting tom
4: yeah I just that's... just do well going forward mm. yeah do right do good work yeah do good work do no harm i agree and and then things begin to heal themselves right because
1: um, people experience it differently you know that's
2: no, that's true. In the final analysis, to deliver the goods. I mean, I've always made the point that those of us who argue for a larger, more active government have to have to deliver the goods. If we, if we're going to ask for things like more taxes, we've got to make sure we have better roads, better schools, better all kinds of other things, and make sure that uh, people get their money's worth.
4: For a lot of you know, people... I mean, at
2: least in Flint, and I, I know a lot of people, you know,
1: gripe about this, but at least in Flint, we have new pipes. We do have. That's we have new.
6: And there are people all over the in other municipalities are wondering whether they're going to be able to get theirs, and they continue to play, put money in the ground at Flint, Michigan, because they're having. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well,
4: there there are some advantages to being the first. (laughs)
2: Yes,
4: (laughs) But but Lansing was
6: truly the first. Well, um, right, they did right, it right.
2: That, they did it right without with all the chaos. That's true. They are, they did. There, there are some placed it every single year. A little bit of it every single year for twenty years.
4: There are some people you give them twenty five hundred dollars an apology and they're good. And then for <laughs> some other people, no amount of money, yeah. would be enough.
1: Because they're damaged. They're you know they're they're traumatized. It yeah. takes a lot. It takes a lot to get over
4: that. And in some cases, unfortunately, there are people out there that feel somehow that the world owes them a living, and this is one way to get it.
1: Right. Yeah, it's, of, there. it's there. It's like the politics of grievance, uh, yeah. which is very much in the land right now. Well, I new- mean, I, I think that that whole point of sort of the, this overwhelming view of grievances um it's something the country's got to grapple with. Yeah, and it's leading
6: us into a period of the reign of terror. Yeah, country.
1: I know, Henry. Yeah, that's, that's... It reminds me of 1789,
6: the storming of the Bastille, and yeah, the you know, things like that. Uh, so, uh, and that dissolved the whole idea of the American spirit and uniqueness.
1: Yeah.
4: Well, newly elected Genesee County Sheriff Christopher Swanson reflected on what he hopes to accomplish moving forward after being sworn to a four-year term of office. After winning the November election with nearly 70% of the vote, Swanson took the oath of office during a... uh, Wednesday, January 6th ceremony at the Genesee County Sheriff's Office in downtown yes. Flint. Swanson was appointed to the position of interim sheriff last December following the retirement of longtime seat holder. Robert Pickell. I was very grateful to get the opportunity as an appointed sheriff, said Swanson. I knew that I needed to earn it on my own. One of the goals Swanson looks to continue to pursue during his time as sheriff is a continued expansion of the department's educational programming. Do you think Sheriff Swanson has aspirations beyond being sheriff?
2: Yeah, I'm that's sure. what I struck didn't... me, but <laughs> I I have a hunch because he's really he's not only with the, not only with the walk with me stuff but some of the other things he's done are for getting a lot of attention for a county sheriff and, and he has uh, a
6: great relationship that's my hunch. he's he kind of got that
2: celebrity gloss to him you know he he, yeah. he likes, uh,
1: he's got he's charming when he was on CNN yeah. I, that day that he got interviewed uh, in the walk with me thing i i saw on i saw him on cnn and i'm like oh my god that guy is so cute you know he's charming <laughs> and it was like i thought oh that's so good for flint michigan that we've got this guy with this cool haircut you know uh, all slipped back and everything you know and he's got this disarming grin yeah it's, um, it's
4: a million dollar smile for sure
1: i, yeah. I mean that's all superficial but it's all part of politics too it's part of the the theatrics of it. But the, but yes. the thing
4: that's, that's interesting about Chris Swanson, and, and I think it's something that a lot of other elected officials could learn from, he has all that good PR stuff going for him, but wow. he isn't just a pretty face. He isn't just a charming grin. He understands that success comes from good work. Do you he's think he's got ahead.
1: a pure heart then? Is that what you're saying?
4: Well, I'm reluctant to say anybody's got a pure heart, but um, well, but I don't, I don't mean that sarcastically.
1: I'm, t- um, I'm just wondering if there's a lack of cynicism there that we could uh, that we could admire or hope I, for. I, th- well, I
4: think so, but I think he looks past the kind of judgments that would lob cynicism into it. I, I think he just simply does good work for good work's sake, and lets the rest of it sort itself out. Although. He is smart enough and talented enough to be cute while he's doing it.
2: But I <laughs> think some of uh, the programs I, I, he's put out are, are, remor- I, are, are notable. I mean, it's have seen Chris Johnson. To jail.
6: Go ahead, Henry. Yeah. I've seen Chris Swanson at churches, and I think I mentioned this before. He's in the plays. He does good with the kids. It doesn't matter what color or what religion it is. He goes in, and when requested... To perform in churches and to create uh, good um, ceremony.
1: Right. And, yeah, and that's good. I've
6: seen him in both white churches and black churches, and he does equally well in both of them. And not only that, but he's the epitome of a physical, well
2: developed body. Huh. Yeah. Well, isn't yes. he a marathon runner of some sort, too? I, I think I read that somewhere. I thought but, he was either triathlon or marathon. I don't know, but marathon. he's got some big shoulders.
4: <laughs> 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 well, that's, oh. that's good because we could use some big shoulders in this area. Yeah. Um. No kidding. Uh, moving on to one, I think I got time to squeeze this in before we go to break. The Flint Community Schools Board of Education is looking to fill a vacant seat after a oh. recently elected member did not complete requirements on time to take on the position. In a statement to Am Live, the Flint Journal Board Vice President Diana Wright said the board was recently informed by the Flint City Clerk's Office that Anita Moore, who was elected by voters in November, did not complete the needed paperwork in time for the December 18th deadline. This left the seat vacant. Flint City Clerk uh, Inez Brown said Moore did not complete her oath of office by the deadline. Brown said she swore in the other two newly elected board members, Joyce Ellis McNeil and Laura Gillespie McIntyre. The clerk's office reached out to Moore multiple times to ask her to be sworn in, Brown added. How unusual is this?
2: That seems to me very unusual. Uh, not, very unusual. Yeah. not very unusual. Uh, not
4: very unusual.
2: Is there not, is there not, any, back, not, is there any backstory People, to this? I mean is she ill or she moved out of the area or something? What what, what does anybody know what the story there's, is? There's, it? There's,
4: there's no follow up, there's no response, no okay. explanation. I think they should leave this alone. The voters have spoken. The process has worked
6: and she has to She's just out this time. You go tampering with that process and stuff like that. You create this whole thing that's going on nationally all over. And We need to get beyond that.
1: Well, So what are you saying should happen, Henry?
6: Well, I, what I think, is happening? Uh, Inez Brown says that she didn't get sworn in. That's the law. That's, that's the what do they do? That's that's the, to the, the, next, policy.
1: the fourth person down on the votes?
4: No, the community... Uh, School's um, board will appoint somebody. Yeah, they'll they'll appoint someone, and and they've posted that the seat is open. They'll get applicants, they'll interview them, and then they'll they'll pick someone to uh, take the the seat.
6: But they don't need to change the policy because
4: no, I was just curious. You you know, does how how often does this come up? I mean, there's a provision for it, so it's not unheard of. But it just seemed kind of unusual to me.
2: I've, I've never heard of anybody simply failing to show up once elected. I mean, I've known some cases where people on local boards, after they were elected, found you know, changed their job and moved out of the area and had to resign. But I, I cannot recall another case where somebody simply, after election, simply failed to show entirely. Well, we have to take a break take here, but
4: we will show up. On the other side. Hello
2: there, <laughs> Darkwing Duck here. And every time
6: I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't
4: forget, stay
5: dangerous.
4: Darkwing Duck out.
5: If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips,
3: Technical
6: assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. TheTomsumnerProgram.com This is U.S.
4: Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue armchair politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by... Jan Worth Nelson. Um, One of the first people to file a lawsuit to challenge Michigan's election results believes President Donald Trump's supporters lost credibility on Wednesday after storming the U.S. Capitol. Edward P. McCall Jr. was one of the Wayne County residents named as a plaintiff in a lawsuit that sought to void the November 3rd presidential election stop certification of the vote by the Wayne County Board of Canvassers and hold a new election. While his lawsuit failed to stop the certification, he still hoped the so-called Stop the C- Steal movement, stop the Steal Movement would change the results of the presidential election. However, after rioters caused chaos at the Capitol last Wednesday, McCall said he does not believe members of Congress will win by opposing certification of the presidential electors from states such as Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. On Wednesday, McCall said he didn't want to disparage the Stop the Steal movement, and he voiced doubts that people who broke into the Capitol were associated with the group. Do you think the Stop the Steal protesters were overrun by anarchists?
2: Oh, Like I said, there was an awful lot of planning that went into that. I don't know. uh, As I say, when I first saw it last Wednesday, I thought it was just a a mob out of control. But then as as more facts came out, it just seemed like there's an awful lot of planning that had gone into that that I wasn't aware of until this past week. So it was not just a a random bunch of people going off on their own from all appearances. And and it looks like there may be some more stuff in the works for this next week for the, the state capitals, the way to that's been covered. Yeah. I don't
6: have I don't have a problem with that. But I think the worst of it is over. I think you the President's so. conceded. And you know, I was so disappointed when the president came out and said, Well guys, it's all over. Uh there would be an orderly uh, uh ascension to the presidency by Joe Biden and it's over and uh we put those kind of things behind us. I thought he looked very, very weak. He looked like a chump. And I don't I don't know.
4: Well uh, but that, and, you know it was, Yeah. But that's we what had, happens uh, what, to him when he reads the remarks from the from yeah. the prompter <laughs> and, and doesn't say what he's what he's actually uh, thinking or feeling.
2: And then two two days later he'll go out tweeting in, in a totally different direction.
6: But but I've uh, been his that pattern
2: for four years.
6: If I, if I could just finish with that. Yeah, go Dan, ahead. Dan, you are the person that came closest to convincing me that the president had some mental problems. And I didn't see oh. it. Uh, I, and, um, and I don't think that everybody saw that. And, well, see, And I think and I challenge all of you guys because you generally respond with political arguments and political arguments are exactly what they do but i think you looked at the guy and said you saw something that i didn't see
1: Uh, ah the mental illness
6: uh if you can call it that but the strange behavior
1: yeah
6: uh that the that ultimately republicans around the nation are looking at yeah and uh
1: this is
2: painful. As Tom says he when he when he reads from the teleprompter, the prepared statements, it, it's got one tone. But then when he's kind of doing his own thing, yeah, Paul. Say,
5: the the first time hours
2: later,
4: I think the first time that that anybody made a point about the way President Trump um, comes across when he's reading from the teleprompter was Paul, and and Paul said he looked like a wounded lion. Yeah. And this is back to like you know way back yeah. like state of the state or State of the yeah, Union the, messages and stuff.
2: Yeah, the, 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 that was a, a line from Matthew Dowd. He said he looked like a tranquilized circus lion who had bit too many people <laughs> when, when he does that kind of stuff. And then, as I say, a day later, he's back in his normal mode and tweeting all over the place and insulting people.
6: Uh, but, you know, I, I hope that we don't just become a one-party nation, but uh, we need to have those two points of view. And right. there's all of the Republicans oh, yeah. that have been Democrats. Uh, I, I, and I think that this is the way that it ought to be resolved, though. But they need to go back with their own agendas later.
1: You know, I think we're in the process of seeing that this very day, Henry. I mean, the moves that McConnell is hinting at, are, uh, for, uh, uh, I, think, I think the, the uh, Republican Party is going through an immense tumult this very day, um, and and I, I just want to come back to this point about mental illness. I think it's so painful when if your commitment is to sort of change through civil political discourse, and you know, trust, like what we're all talking about today, like struggling to do good work, and you know, there's going to be disagreements uh, between the parties, and and so on, and then but the, but the painful part is when you hitch your wagon. To somebody who proves to be mentally de- troubled, um, it's, it's painful because it, it complicates the ability to do good work in a rational way. You know what I mean? And, it's yeah, like, and i gotta,
6: I got to make one explanation before the Republicans who listening to this show get bent out of shape. It is the Republican Party that's helping to save this union. And save our democracy. So uh, they need to do exactly what they need to do, and people who were naysayers and critics need to stay out of it until we work out of it.
2: Do you think the Republican Party will be in? in, in will be finally glad when Trump is gone? I mean, I'm thinking of the Mitch McConnell types and some of those folks. Well, Mitch McConnell
4: will, is reported to have uh, said to um, Yeah, you know his his inner circle that um, impeachment was uh, perhaps the way that the Republican Party could finally rid itself of Donald right. Trump.
2: Right. That's it might happen
1: of, yeah. tomorrow or Friday, the way it's looking. And
4: Mitch McConnell doesn't make comments casually, and, uh, and when he has yeah. private conversations, <sighs> they don't get leaked.
1: Right. This
2: yeah. is for yeah. real.
4: And he's so, a solid American, even though he's not admitting to any of those comments publicly, it's clear he wanted them to be
5: public.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, another one, another um, article that I want to throw out there, uh, you know, Timothy Snyder, the guy who wrote the book on tyranny that um, everybody's been quoting oh, for yeah. four yeah. years. He had an excellent uh, analysis yesterday, the day before. And Henry, I would recommend it to you if you haven't seen it. He's talking about the Republican Party and the pickle that they've, gotten, that they've been in. And uh, one part of his analysis, and it even goes back to this question of the anarchist, <clears throat> he said the Republican Party has basically been operating between what he called the gamers and the breakers. And he said that Mitch McConnell falls in the category of the gamers, who are constantly looking at how to get things done uh, mm-hmm. and in, their, in, in the light of their policies. <clears throat> And then there's this other group that's come in through the Trump time, uh, like Jim Jordan and, and some of those folks, uh, that he see that uh, Timothy Snyder sees as a breakers. And he says when those, when those folks get in charge of things, you're heading towards fascism. And uh, he uses historical comparisons to say that's what happens. That, that way of thinking about it was useful to me in what's happened in the last week or so. Um, that the gamer, it's a fight between the gamers and the breakers. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, I think the same thing was evident maybe on January 6th. You know, were there people that came, let's say, because they really believed that the election it was wrong, I guess, the election was uh, stolen, but they, they weren't breakers. They weren't anarchists. And if you no. start flirting with that group, uh, you've got to be really careful.
4: And, and, Henry, I think um, one of the things that has always troubled me uh, about the president is that he says things that can be taken um, to be incitement.
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You,
4: you know, and, and there mm-hmm. are a lot yeah. of people out there who, who still believe that the swamp needs to be drained. And and they bought into this idea that it's going to take somebody a little bit out there like Donald Trump to do it. And there were some things he did that a lot of people um, were very happy about. Um, you know, and that gets into, you know, what whatever your political philosophy is as to whether you support those things or not. But it was... He used to do things, um, and still does, that nobody in this group that we have here talking would do, and that's say things that could be misconstrued without correcting the record. Like his yeah, comment it, the other day, you know, about we're gonna march down to the Capitol and you don't Yeah, that
2: final speech is on You uh, don't get yeah, anywhere sixth. by being
4: yeah. weak and you know, we gotta be strong and, and fight the good fight. You know, you know, was he telling people to go down and breach the Capitol? Probably not. But no. but everyone in this conversation would have selected words differently.
1: He's a breaker. I mean he's he's it, like clearly, a, as, well, Mary, as Mary Trump has told us repeatedly, um, he's he's going to if he doesn't get his way, which he's not, he wants to bring everything down with him. And she's you know she's been warning us of that for months, uh, and the evidence suggests that.
4: Well, we have a break coming up here at the top of the hour for show ID, and then we'll get into the <laughs> second half of Armchair Politics. And although I have a number of things uh, from Lansing, I, I don't know how we're going to avoid <laughs> talking about the events of last Wednesday and the things that have come out since. So we will definitely be talking about those things in the second half of uh, Armchair Politics, to be sure. Um, anyway, um with that, we'll uh, we'll take a short break for uh, show ID and continue with the second half of Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner program. I hope you uh, uh, in- enjoy these conversations each week. Um, who knows what'll happen after today's show, and of course, next Wednesday is the inauguration. Hi, we'll I'm be Alexander right
2: there. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.